0: Seek ye first The first rule of film club And the second rule If it's your first time Then you have to watch the film everyone and welcome to the first rule of film club i'm hannah i'm eddie and i'm alex and each week we choose a film to watch we invite you to watch it as well and then come and join us for a little discussion on it this week we're watching bad education not the jack whitehall one <laughs> the hugh jackman one and there will be spoilers so if you haven't seen it um definitely turn off now or if you don't care then listen anyway so eddie what was this film about
1: yeah so for those of you who haven't seen it or kind of like us people who have seen it but have kind of forgotten what happened. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll I'll give a kind of brief description from IMDb. Yeah, not that I need it. Here's a synopsis. The beloved superintendent of New York's Rosalind School District and his staff, friends and relatives become the prime suspects in the unfolding of the single largest public school embezzlement scandal in American history. So it's not really the the snappiest... um, Oh,
2: cracking.
0: (laughs) Love a film about embezzlement. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: but um, but yeah, it basically follows. Hugh Jackman plays a guy called Frank Tusson. Uh, It's a true story about this kind of superintendent who uh, was embezzling money as well as a a few other members of staff from that district.
2: Mm. He's a nice guy, but he's like an onion and he's got layers. Mm, And when you peel back those layers, he's a bit of a nasty onion. Mm,
1: They have ripped off Shrek a little bit there, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. In a way, every story rips off Shrek. True, yeah, even the ones that came up before it. Um,
0: so what did you guys think of it? Did you like it?
1: Well, well I'm just going to stop you right there, Hannah. Oh. Uh, before we just nip in that one this. in the bud, Eddie. Nip that right in the bud, please. Yeah. I've got a little quiz that I thought we'd start off with. thought I'd experiment with a new feature, see how it goes this week. Um, it's called Real or No Real. I love this. But I'm spelling real with two E's. Yes. So you wow. know how I mean business that. So it's quite clever if you think about it, cause it's sort of like a film reel. I'm blown but away already. But real can also mean real as in sort of real. Okay, so.
0: I think we understand okay. the concept. Okay. <laughs> Cut that bit out. <laughs> Cut out all my lines. If I can. Okay. So uh,
1: I've researched a little bit of trivia on this film. I've also made up a couple of my own. Oh. And I'll ask you six questions. Okay. Six books of trivia you need to answer whether you think it's true or false. It's
2: real or no uh, real. Those of
1: you at home, you can also play along. Okay. Number one, the writer of the film was a student in the Roslyn High School district at the time of the embezzlement. So the person who wrote this film, they were a student at one of those schools. It could be the
2: girl who's the journalist. Maybe she also wrote the film. It's believable because there is a journalistic character in the film. I'm going to go for no real because I don't think the actual writer of the film would be that person.
1: Okay, what are you going for, Hannah?
0: I think it's based on a book. So I'm going to say no real, but the book could be based on someone who went to the school.
1: Okay. Also, can you keep track of your answers? Because I'm not going to be able to remember what you've put. Well, yeah. I'll go through at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay, number two. Several scenes had to be reshot as the DOP had forgotten to take the lens cap off the camera.
0: As professional as this oh, no. Nice. <laughs> it, so it doesn't matter how high up
2: you get, someone always forgets to take the lens cap off. So that is definitely real.
1: What are you going for, Hannah?
0: I think... I'm going to go no real because
1: otherwise... There's no difference. No, no jeopardy.
2: Imagine being Hugh Jackman and giving the performance of a lifetime.
1: <laughs> the camera, like, you know, you're in Hollywood and someone's actually forgotten to just take the freaking cap off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> right, number three. So if you remember, at the end of the film, it gives, like, a little kind of, like, post-script that says Hugh Jackman's character, he got, you know, $175,000 pension every year. Hmm. What it didn't say is that Pamela also receives a pension of $55,000 a year, but she gives half of it to the Rosalind School District by way of apology.
0: Aww. So Pam, I reckon is it
1: true, does she receive $55,000 annually, but she does give half of it to the school district that she stole from?
0: I reckon that's real, because she seemed to actually care about her job.
2: Mm. I have no
1: clue, so it's real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wing it. <laughs> okay, number four. In real life, Frank did not have an affair with a former student, as shown in the film, and his husband also knew about his first wife. Oh. So in the film, it shows him having an affair, and also it shows at the end when the police are kind of questioning his husband, they're like, "Nah, I think Frank had an affair. That's got to have
2: happened with a former student." There. It's just so spicy.
0: But it might have been with just another person. It might.
2: Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, the former student thing maybe is a little bit straight. But then, I'm might... going to go real though because I think that's such a spicy element of the story that I'd hate to think
1: that that's something fabricated.
0: I think it might be no real. I think it might. He might have had an affair, but with some rando.
1: So you're saying it's real. Uh, it's a double negative. I'm getting a bit confused here. So the, the fact is, that bit more than true. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you now, this segment's this, not coming yeah, back. The, yeah, this section is a little bit confused. Double negatives, we'll get rid of those. Number five. Number the real five. Frank Tassone was disappointed upon hearing news that Hugh Jackman was assigned the role, as he did not consider him handsome enough to adequately, adequately portray him.
0: That's real. What?
2: How can that be real?
0: Because the guy in the film is so... Concerned about how he looks and what everyone thinks of him. I can imagine that real guy not thinking that anyone would be good enough, good looking enough to play him. I just think
2: if Hugh Jackman's not good
1: enough, who is? (laughs) One of the best looking (laughs) men on the planet.
2: (laughs) Then uh, I'm gonna have to say no. Real. I feel like maybe they offered it to someone before. Like I feel like fair enough if it's like Michael Keaton and Mm. he's a great actor, but he's not a looker.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but he's alright. Savage. (laughs) He's a great actor. He might though. be a listener, though. So I've that's, given that's him not... a compliment and a diss, okay. so it's, okay. I'm technically okay. neutral. He's not on ugly. Micro, He's just, he just looks Keaton. average, doesn't he? And finally, in the scene depicting Tussane's facelift, the surgical cut is real. That <laughs> was scheduled for a facelift during production and allowed the crew to come in and shoot segments of it.
0: And then they accidentally left the lens cap on.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to have another facelift on. <laughs> face is going to be up to my forehead wait i don't get it so wait hugh jackman actually so there's a bit has where he, a facelift there's a bit, that weird, <laughs> there's a bit <laughs> where there's a kind of cut going into his cheek yeah and the fact is you know that actual cut was actually a knife going into his face because he actually was having a facelift you and he can't let the crew you come could not
2: have me. made that up i don't believe you can make that up that's, so you're saying that's, real i'm saying
1: real <laughs> i'm saying no real <laughs> okay right let's see how we did so right for the film that was true the writer did actually go to the school district. Oh man, we both said happening. no real.
0: Oh come on. Oh, so uh, so far it's
1: zero all. Zero zero. Okay, good. Uh, the whole lens cap thing being left on—that uh, wasn't true. I <gasps> yes. You know, I realized as soon as I said real,
2: I thought. How? Because they have the monitoring Yeah, you can see <laughs> what they're looking at while <laughs> filming. <laughs> so, the DP
1: would have to be sat there watching a black screen. Going, mm, this is, this is. That would be such a screw up. <laughs> that is. You would have to be fired. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I love it when you take a picture of someone though, and you're like, "Oh, the camera isn't working. It's broken. The camera is really expensive."
1: And then you someone have to aggressively take the uh, camera off. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pam received 55 grand. That was true.
0: Uh, we both said real.
2: Okay,
1: good. So you, you I've got go on one, ahead. you've got two. Okay, uh, no, no, you've got, I've got two. two. You've, you've got, got one. two, you crazy cat. Okay, now we get to the really confusing question. So the whole thing of him having the affair and his husband not knowing about his wife, uh, in, in real life he actually didn't have an affair with a former student. And no. his husband did yep, know face. about his wife. Because oh. I did think that was a bit mental, that it's, you know, he didn't know that he was married, even though he wears a wedding ring. Because you would know, I'm pretty sure you would know. Wow, that's stone cold. Number five, uh, the whole thing about him saying, oh, Hugh was not good looking enough, uh, that wasn't true. Oh, I man. made that up. You, there's no way anyone could say that. Even yeah. if you thought that, you wouldn't say it, because I mean, that's the most arrogant thing in the world to say. Um, and finally, the facelift, that was also made up. Because, uh, I mean, that is quite mental. That is quite mental, but, you know, it's not. It's beyond you, the realm of yeah. possibilities. It's I feel like, like there are films where.
2: They have done that. There's definitely directors kind of who have gone that far. Yeah. Especially They've if they were
0: running money. out of money. You know, they're like, Hugh's paying for it anyway.
2: <laughs> I mean, in The Revenant, can't Leonardo the DiCaprio it. ate some raw fish or whatever. Mm. He, actually was a he was got just by there, thing. like, gnawing on it. Yeah. And I thought that was mental. Yeah, that well, would have tasted grim as well.
0: Well, like when Tom Cruise is actually holding onto that plane. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, Tom Cruise is an utter. He'll <laughs> yeah. do anything for money.
0: <laughs> Even have a facelift.
1: <laughs> 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 he's, he's had a couple in his time. Really. So <laughs> the final yeah, scores were... Alex had two then I got four Mm. well that means you win today's prize which is not to be mistaken with next week's film which is Independence Day research on DVD oh I'm so jealous is this actually new (laughs) no I've got it years ago but I've never taken it it out (laughs) of (laughs) the (laughs) packet. I mean the, the, the tagline says we had 20 years to prepare so did they Oh. That doesn't send shivers down your spine. Though, it? I tell you what, we actually should watch that. I'm changing next week's film. No, you're
2: <laughs>
0: no, not. I this am. can be the week after if you want. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, bad education. Okay, on to the film.
0: So, what did everyone think?
2: I thought uh, it was very good. I thought it was a solid,
1: very, very solid four out of five film for me. Yeah, I'd say about kind of a sort of seven out of ten. Like it was good. I don't know if I'd watch it again in a hurry. Not because yeah. it's bad, but I feel like you know I kind of I got everything. I drank everything up out of it. That mm. could have done. I
2: didn't mean to jump the gun on the rating system, but I thought, uh, yeah. that yeah, was know where you it sat for me.
0: I feel like it isn't a sor- the sort of film where I'll be saying to my friends, "Oh, you know, you have to watch this film. It's so amazing." Mm. But I'm glad that I watched it myself.
1: Yeah, my kind of take. From it was kind of it was like the kind of the mundane version of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Well Wolf of Wall Street's all about the opulent, it's like, you know, he sleeps with like forty prostitutes in a row and then he throws a dwarf at a dartboard and then he, you know, head dangles someone off the edge of a building. Mm. This was a bit more, you know, it's all about kind of making money and sort of, you know, and stealing and embezzling and stuff, but it was more kind of mundane. It's they're using that money to have a little facelift or it's almost a buy bit a Yeah. Because that feels so real and grounded. Yeah. It feels more gritty, it feels a bit more kind of pathetic. 'Cause he, they're not they're not spending it on like all this extravagant stuff, which technically is as pathetic, but it just feels a bit more like mm. they're doing all this theft from, you know, kind of kids really, to pay mm. for like, you know, a nice seat on a plane or like, you know, to have a nice dinner.
0: But afterwards I was thinking about it because the guy who is Hugh Jackman's boss, mm. they say near the beginning, um, that he has a seven figure salary. Yeah. Which is crazy anyway. Mm. Um so his salary is essentially equivalent to Hugh Jackman's salary plus his, you know, millions stealing. of embezzlement. Yeah. So from that perspective, is it actually stealing from the kids because surely the, his boss just having a seven-figure salary is already stealing from the kids because menacing. no one needs yeah. to be paid that much?
1: I suppose. But
2: I guess the line is that you agree a salary, don't you? Whereas if you're embezzling money... It's just like you're just taking as much money as you fancy, kind of mm. thing. Mm. It's the difference between paying, a, like paying someone a set amount of money, and someone just saying, "Oh, I'll have like an extra, you know, thousand pounds here and there." Mm. It's very different
1: because you can't police that. Yeah, mm. I like that they kind of made the case that Hugh Jackman's like, "Well, I've made this this school like you know, bump up to like fourth in like the country or the area or whatever it was." It's kind of it's almost like he was kind of saying, "Look, okay, I stole a bit of money, but." You know, I feel like I was justified that a little bit because, you know, Mm. I did a a great job. I was good at my job. Mm. It shows that he kind of remembers everyone. He, you know, recognises names and faces and he cares about the students, you know. I did get the impression that, you know, he really genuinely did care. It was one of my favourite kinds of character Mm.
2: because it was a character where you are put in a positive place with them at the beginning Mm. and, you know, you're told to like them, essentially. And then they do become less and less likeable and, you know, good in mm. the general sense. And so by the end of the film, you're really asking yourself the questions that the main character is being asked. You mm. know, you're asking yourself whether it's okay to embezzle. Mm. And you're asking yourself whether he is a good person or a bad person. Mm. And, you know, who are you blaming? Because you can blame the Hugh Jackman character, but you can also blame the system that mm. allowed him to do that. Because mm. yeah. he makes a strong case at the end of the film after his embezzlement has come out and says that you know it was just so easy Mm. you know it was just one of those things where like I just forgot that I was using my card yeah I forgot that I was using the wrong card Mm. and no one pulled me up on it yeah and it's like the system just lets people embezzle yeah and once they get away with it it's just a natural
1: human thing to continue Mm. yeah exactly and you kind of you know once you're in then you just want to kind of carry on also, so, yeah. I, I like that scene where he kind of convinces everyone else not to um, go public when Pam kind of gets caught. Mm. He's there with like kind of the board and the rest of the kind of like school, and they're saying, you know, we should, you know, we need to tell the police now. And he sort of says, okay, you know, let's calm down. Let's just, you know, let's keep this quiet. And I really like films where you're kind of drawn into this life because everyone at some point in their life has done something maybe a bit bad and probably should have said something, or they could go further and kind of, you know, just kind of make it ten times worse for themselves when they finally yeah. get found out. So I I quite like bits and films when they do that, and you can kind of see how charismatic he was and how he was able to kind of you know get people to be on board with him. I
0: think that's why it's so mundane. That's Mm. why it's not a Wolf of Wall Street sort of opulence because it's making you think this could literally happen to me. Mm. I could be the person who uses the wrong card or Mm. who gets caught out for doing something that's Mm. not strictly above book or whatever. Mm. Um, Because the the setting is just so normal mm. it just feels in a way relatable obviously i've never embezzled a huge amount of money yeah. but you can almost understand how they end up going on that slippery free slope where mm. they just push it a little bit further each time yeah. to the point where they're buying all the materials you need to make a conservatory yeah,
1: exactly i like as well the whole film it looked quite sterile like when he's kind of walking down the school corridors it's like the opposite of a netflix original school corridor there's no, <laughs> there's no students and colourful things, there's well, no guy on a it, skateboard. It, it was a Netflix original, it was the Mind Hunter. <laughs> yeah, end. exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, That on that end yeah, of the spectrum. Yeah, it
0: wasn't the sex education end.
1: No, no, there's no colour, it was all kind of colourless corridors, all empty, there's no, like, stickers on lockers, there's no one, like, you know, on a skateboard. Every scene outside, it seemed to be, like, a really cloudy day. I don't know if it's just like that in New York or not, but... It just seemed yeah. everything felt grey and kind of quite colourless. And I think I quite I like lost that was the point. I think the whole film
2: is meant to invoke a grey area sense. Mm, yeah. I think you're meant to feel uncertain about a lot of the decisions. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, I like that. And I like that the one scene that felt quite colourful and quite musical was just that one bit at the end where it's in the bar with that. Guy, he's having like an affair with, and he's like, Oh, you know, come dance, come have like, it's kind of like their final time together, Mm. yeah. And I'm not quite sure why they did that, but I quite like that that, that, because I remember watching it and thinking, Oh my god, there's actually music in this film, there's actually like colour. I think I know why they did that, I think it's because. The whole film is a grey
2: area because he's committing a crime basically for the mm. whole film mm. by embezzling all that money and not saying anything. Mm. Mm. But that's the only point when he's been caught and he's having a good time, mm. even though he's with a former student and it's morally questionable. It's not mm. illegal. Mm. And so I think that point is meant to be quite colourful and enjoyable because mm. it's the only truly enjoyable moment of the mm. film for him.
0: Yeah, He's finally free. The guilt yeah. The yeah,
2: and he's just about to be arrested, so you know he kind of just lives it up for like yeah. 24 yeah, hours, as well. <laughs> one and he gets jailed. It's funny yeah. because we've had about a week since we've watched this mm. to like for stuff that's going to leave our brains to leave our brains, yeah. and stuff that's going to stick in our brains to stay there. Mm. And that is one of the scenes that does yeah. stay there, like you mm. know. So I thought that was what,
1: and it's like you say, I quite like that they never really show the people who are embezzling money actually really enjoying themselves with the money. You, you don't really see them, you say, "Oh, they've taken this nice flight, they've had like a first class like, you know, flight they've had like you know lovely dinners, they've like had this, but you don't, you don't really see it, mm. which I quite like it's all happening in the background, and when you finally have the stuff like they have it read back to them, and it's like, okay, so you spent the money on this, this, and this. It just feels so pathetic mm. you know you, and they't it doesn't even really seem like they kind of enjoyed it um,
0: I wonder whether in that final scene when he's enjoying himself it's not just that he's kind of letting himself go because he doesn't have, he's not committing a crime mm. anymore. Maybe there's also something there about he had these ambitions and this kind of like status to uphold. He told everyone that he was married. He was like clearly really strict with his diet. He wanted to get to number one and stuff mm. like that. It's not just that he's not committing a crime anymore. It's that he doesn't have to worry about the things that didn't really matter in his life, but he felt that they were super important. Mm. And instead, he can just focus on the things. That the person that he actually is important to him, mm. which is the guy who he's having an affair with, yeah. who none of us can remember the name of.
1: Former <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Almost laughs> student guy.
2: Yeah. No, I think it's a really, it's quite a cerebral film when you think about it. You know, a week on the things I remember aren't necessarily like you know funny moments in the yeah. film. I just remember like the questions it, it yeah. you know, it asked and stuff. You know, it's quite serious in a way. Mm. but
1: um, it was definitely a good watch I'd recommend it to people yeah I, I one part that actually does stick in my mind that I really love was the opening scene where I think because usually in these types of films you've got like the main character who's really charismatic he's a really good liar like Wolf of Wall Street or There Will Be Blood it opens up with a scene of them doing a great speech and them kind of like winning everyone round mm. in this it kind of shows there's kind of a build up he's in the ba- in the bathroom getting ready to do his speech he's kind of plucking his nose hairs which in my opinion was like a little bit like, 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 you know, last minute you're yeah. going to be plucking your nose hairs at like 30 seconds before you get on stage but oh my god wherever. I mean I'd be so
2: stressed out if they were calling my name out Man, and I was I'm just finishing god. my nose, oh nose, god, nose
1: hairs out. yeah because it's dangerous actually you know because he literally walks out of that bathroom and goes straight on stage doesn't I mean, he I mean how quick are your nose hairs growing if you're getting like five o'clock shadow on your nose hairs well, <laughs> yeah. they need to be plucked <laughs> like but maybe the before. point
0: is that they're not growing super quickly it's just that he's so obsessive about well, his I know,
1: appearance in cinema language it was perfect but in the real world that would stress me out but that's what I mean, I mean though it's Opening scene, so it shows that he he cares a lot about his looks. Mm. It doesn't go for that obvious thing of like, you know, charismatic character, let's put him on stage and show him doing a speech. Because it shows all the preamble, but it doesn't actually show him saying anything. Mm. It cuts right after that, and I quite like that. It's kind of, you know, it's all about kind of, you know, the the kind of the back end dealings. He is a charismatic character, but it's not about that. Mm. It's about all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and about how, you know, he cares so much about how the way he appears. Mm. And I really like that. I thought that was a really, really interesting choice. In a way, it's a film about, you know,
2: someone who is doing good mm. uh, being presented with an opportunity to you know like have an easy route mm. in one area that isn't necessarily the thing that they're doing good in mm. and then you know that kind of just ruins all of the good that they're doing because mm. he has that school and he's like doing just an amazing job with these kids mm. uh, and you know, he embezzles some money. gets in too deep, and then that's it. It's like it's yeah. kind of like his whole personality becomes corrupted by one bad mm. set of deeds in a yeah. way. And I think it's like a powerful metaphor for like the modern world and bureaucracy and how mm. easy it is to be led astray. Yeah, because mm. there's so many areas to everyone's lives now where you can do good and bad things. Mm. You know, mm. you can all the good you do can be cancelled out by you know a few bad things.
1: Yeah and that kind of human nature just kind of pushing the boundaries of like you know like you said how like at the beginning you know all, it started off as like one lunch and you bought it on the card and you didn't get caught and I think it's kind of human nature to kind of you know you do something bad you don't get caught and you sometimes mm. instead of saying okay brilliant you know, I've got away with it let's leave it you wanna, you almost want to push the boundaries and say okay where, what can I do next can I get a plane ticket can I do this can I do that and it just bit by bit it snowballs
0: so easy to justify it to yourself as yeah, well exactly. to say oh you know I'm really helping these kids I'm putting in so yeah. much more work than the guy who's earning more than me mm. so who cares if I spend all this mm. money in the card yeah we haven't even talked about the kid who was the journalist yeah I because really... he encourages her mm. to look into it
1: and I like that I like that because those are kind of the two sides of him the two, the two sides well there's three sides I guess that are shown of him Is part one is that he cares about how he looks Part two is he's embezzling money. Part three is he actually does care about his job. Those are kind of the three sort of pillars of his character. And in that scene, it's kind of two of them are clashing. He wants the kids to do he wants. He says, you know, it's not, it's not a puzzle piece. It never has to be mm. if you keep researching. Even though he is, you know, he's kind of bringing on his own doom, basically. <laughs> yeah. But those are the two conflicting parts of him that are just, you know, he, he wants the kids to do well, but also he wants to take a little bit of money on the side. And uh, so he, at the end of the day in that scene, you know, he, he kind of writes his own you know a bit yeah you can't be a perfectionist and be imperfect can you really that's the Mm. that's the trouble Mm.
0: i think that there's this whole theme about striving for success and what does success look like and what does it mean to be successful like Mm. is it the way you look is it how much money you earn is it writing a story that uncovers an injustice Mm. because she her father the journalist girl her father is unemployed because he got fired for not whistleblowing someone else who was doing insider trading. Mm. And that's kind of interesting, because everyone throughout the film, before you find out what happened to the father, they kind of pity her, and they're saying, oh, you know, we heard about what happened to your dad, do you mm. need some money, sort of thing. Mm. So they clearly kind of imply that they see him as a failure. Mm. So there's this whole context of that money matters so much in America, yeah. um, and kind of getting your kid into these special programs, like that kid who, where the mum keeps on pushing him in front of the principle and stuff yeah but then actually what matters when you come down to it is you know your lover on the side who you actually really care about or getting the truth out there and being you know true to yourself and Mm. your own principles Mm. it's kind of this conflict within people of do i go with chasing the status and being the one who everyone envies or do i stay true to who i am take a less conventionally successful life in the eyes of everyone else, but mm. be happier.
2: That was so funny, all those scenes where the pushy mum brings in her son <laughs> and she's always, like, trying to <laughs> convince the principal that he's an overachiever, yeah. but he's actually just not doing very well on these tests. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny because it's, it was quite a clever thing where, you know, it was like, you know, this idiot parent is, <laughs> like, committing a lot of sort of social, like faux pas by you know bringing in her son and mm. kind of so like can you trying to make grade, out yeah. she's almost like embezzling her son's yeah. intelligence yeah. in yeah. a way <laughs> 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 she's like trying to get him into special classes that he's yeah. not really good enough for yeah. just because she wants him to have big opportunities mm. and you know well he, she she could be taking opportunities away from another child mm. who actually is smart enough to be in a special class kind of thing mm-hmm. so maybe there's also a bit of a thing there about uh how some deeds that are harmful are looked upon in a much like more chilled out way mm. than certain other deeds i mean you know embezzling that money may not have had an actual tangible effect on any of the kids at the school mm. because they still were the number 4 school in the yeah. state kind of thing mm. Mm. Uh, whereas yeah, i think maybe there's a case to be made that that mother is also a villain in mm. the film mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm. Mm. And yeah, kind of. I like those films again. I feel like I'm talking about Wolf of Wall Street like more than I am about <laughs> Bad Education, so we can kind of tick that off our list. But at the end of that, <laughs> yeah. the cop who captures DiCaprio, there's a scene at the end where he's just on the subway and he's just looking pretty like depressed. He's there in his sort of shabby suit, and it's kind of making you ask the question: Was it even worth it? Should we have just let it carry on? And mm. I feel like this does that a little bit as well. But you kind of there's that question of you know, was it even worth uncovering it? You know, could it have mm. ruined uh, that student's reputation? is a school now going to be like, you know, a laughing stock? Like, is it kind of, you know, has it shot down the rankings? Mm. So it does make you think, and it, and it puts you in the shoes of the people involved who are covering up this conspiracy of just thinking, is it even worth whistleblowing or should we just let it happen? Should Is it a necessary evil? Yeah. It's funny
2: because it's one of those films like, so the first two films we've done, I feel like have been a lot more jovial yeah. and like, they've had some jokes in them and stuff and some yeah. lighthearted moments. Mm. And this film like almost like reflected in this discussion is just not funny. Yeah. It's just <laughs> There's not a huge amount of wackiness. Yeah, I like every like... now and then there's something to laugh at. Yeah. But there's nothing to laugh with. Yeah. yeah because no. the whole film is about something like kinda serious. Like mm. the whole thing is kinda bleak and grey. Yeah.
1: And so if you're looking for a good time, I wouldn't sit down and watch this film. I I think they should have put in a wacky kind of sidekick to Hugh Jackman. I think they could have had someone in, like maybe getting Jim Carrey and his kind of like sort of wacky PA. He sort of carries his folders and slips on a banana skin and drops them on the floor. (laughs) I think that would have elevated the film a lot. (laughs) Well, when it started, I thought that's kind of what was going on because there was a bit of a
2: double act going on. Mm. and um, and I thought like it's going to be kind of funny but actually the humour ends really early in the film because it gets serious for Hugh Jackman yeah you know he's just like he's kind of getting like more and more stressed out as the film goes (laughs) on yeah yeah. and the humour disappears first yeah
0: I think there's nice bits of humour when him and Hammer having like some, some little, to play. little
1: bacon sarnie and he can't have it. Yeah, like when
0: they're having a bit of banter, but then once she she gets sort of kicked out of the school quite early yeah. on. After she goes, there's not a lot of. Fun jokes, really.
1: Yeah, no. Maybe there could have been a it's bit not, more. Humor. It's not a comedy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it on a first date, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't need humour. I just thought I'd mention. that yeah, It's yeah. not funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if it was going for humour, I hope the screenwriter isn't listening. Filled. Yeah. 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 <laughs> think, you know.
1: Yeah. He's done well, but you know. Yeah. He needs to work on his, his comedy game a bit
0: you were saying about how you're bringing up Wolf of Wall Street a lot. I think the big difference between this film and Wolf of Wall Street is in Wolf of Wall Street, you don't really care that he's making an obscene amount of money and breaking the law and stuff Mm. because you like him, but also because he's working in an industry where making loads of money is just expected. Whereas in education, there is always this thing of like, should there be loads of money in education? Because you're not really making any money. Mm. You know, it is a public service. Mm. And there's the question of by paying people lots of money or having expenses then are you taking um money away from kids and opportunities away from them mm. but then are you also providing more opportunities because you're attracting better talent yeah and it's the age-old question of you know why do we pay teachers and doctors so little and the answer is basically because they're not in services that make mm. any money they're in yeah. services that do a lot of good
1: but maybe that's right though because otherwise if, if you you know, teaching kids from a young age that money is important and if you're corrupt, it doesn't really matter. What what kind of message is that to give to kind of, you know, the, the new generation that's coming in, mm. you know? Mm, I think it's better to teach kids good
2: things. You know, like, it, I think it's better to put a teacher in front of kids who knows a lot mm. and is heavily invested in mm. than, you know, someone who is at breaking point and Mm. is like living on a shoestring budget kind Mm. of thing. And their desperation might, you know, leak out to the people they're educating. Mm. Uh, I just feel bad for teachers in general, to be honest. In the modern world, I mean, it's just, it's like a superhuman expectation that we Mm. place on them to to provide like childcare and also like emotional support. Mm. And also then to teach them a syllabus that they have to take a really stressful exam in. Mm. And, you know, it's almost like they kind of get treated like dirt at the end of the day as (laughs) well.
0: By the parents.
2: Yeah. By the parents. Because the parents are all so picky and, Mm. you know, crazy about their kids and they don't see other people's needs around that. Mm. Mm. But um, it's the world we live in. I guess it won't change unless teachers either, you know, strike for themselves and like have to stand up for themselves, which is Mm. sad. Or we change our perception of teaching. Hmm.
0: I guess this film is asking basically: if you want your school to be number four, do you need to pay that the guy who's going to get yeah. you there a bit more money? But is it
1: justified though to kind of you know have sort of you know paid schools and stuff? You know, should money even be a factor in schooling? Mm. You know, but um, what what do you guys think about at the end that little thing at the end where it, you know uh, Hugh Jackman's character gets one hundred and seventy thousand every in his year suspension? Pension. Oh, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Because I feel like that bit's supposed to be you know hit you, and you think oh, yeah the I else. think you're meant to read that and I go oh that bastard. <laughs> I feel like the old women in the cinema are going to be like sort of swooning in that bit sort of fainting. And <laughs> sort of be <laughs> down and going oh my god. I guess the obvious say, thing to say is like you know that's not
2: good. Mm. It's not good news that someone who embezzles that much money can still receive a pension from that institution.
1: Mm. Like a pretty decent one as well.
2: Yeah, but then at the same time I think. Um, for me it was not a huge surprise. Mm. I think it, like you know the whole idea of embezzling and then receiving a pension is a bit weird. Yeah. But then I think ultimately he
1: was going to receive that pension anyway and he probably yeah. signed a bunch of contracts ensuring mm, yeah. he was going to Yeah. And I guess he that. did his prison time and he I think he paid back the money that he stole. So I guess at the end of the day why not, you know, he's he's done something bad, he's done his punishment. Yeah, I don't
2: the thing is I don't hate the guy. Mm. I think at the end of the movie if you hate the guy, that's meant to make you feel outraged because mm. you don't want him to receive any money. Yeah. Mm. But actually I felt very on the fence with him. Yeah. Cuz obviously he'd done bad things, but he'd also helped a lot of people. He, mm. You know, he's not a mass murderer. No. I think the film does a good job of framing other people's misdeeds as, you know, less uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, they're being less Bad persecuted for it, maybe, mm. Mm. and so yeah, I guess that's the thing. Mm. I didn't hate him, no. And it's Hugh Jackman, how can you hate him? He's a good fellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we thoroughly, I
1: mean, I've literally talked about every part of that film, yeah. That no, I, I don't think I can unpick anymore. now. <laughs> it's fully unraveled, yeah. Done that completely, it's just that.
0: A, a piece of thread, yeah. yeah, yeah done that, never, to,
1: com- I don't need to watch that every again. Actually. I've completely, yeah, used well, up every 100 in my brain. It. yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what's next week's film then?
2: Oh, wait, this is my job, this is my job. Next week's film will be 17 Again, featuring Zac Efron.
0: (laughs) A return to the comedy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we thought after that heavy film, we'd go to something (laughs) much less heavy, almost so light that it just floats away.
1: I apologise to any (laughs) listeners. I I didn't necessarily want to pick this one, but uh, I I apologise to anyone who who hates 17 Again or hates Zac Efron.
0: How could you hate Zac Efron?
2: How okay. could you hate seventeen unless you had a really bad time being seventeen? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You don't want to do it again. It's a classic. <laughs> you don't want to be there. It's a real classic. You yeah. know, it's Matthew Perry becomes Zac Efron. Zac Efron for most of the film, so you don't have to look at Matthew Perry for too long. <laughs> I, 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 I don't
1: think he's ba- bad looking. You were saying when we were watching it <laughs> day, Hannah. You were any, him up, no, saying, "Oh, my any God. voice
2: that reaches that octave is always lying." Yeah. <laughs> it's just.
0: I, I, I don't him. want to give too many spoilers for next yeah. week. Well,
1: I just want to make a rule that next week we're not slagging off the way Matthew Perry looks because I don't hey, he might be listening. I'm not slagging like, off
0: the way he looks. I'm just saying he doesn't look as good as Zac Efron. Well, and that, and that's not. like most obviously
1: of the population <laughs> yeah. of the he
2: will be weighed and measured and there will be a <laughs> discussion be next week <laughs> about Matthew Perry and Zac Efron so and maybe comparing the that. two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: two dream boats in a row, Hugh Jackman and yeah, Zac Efron. <laughs>
2: Although Zac Efron is still kind of young in this movie, isn't he? Or is he like in his 20s and he just looks young?
0: No, he's in his 20s I don't and know. he looks young. Yeah. How? Because even when he was in a high school musical, yeah. he was already, you know, in his 20s. To be fair, to have skin really? that clear,
1: you cannot be 17 with skin that, like, smooth. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was a creepy <laughs> fe- that was a really creepy that. <laughs> we'll edit that.
0: <laughs> you can't just ask me to edit out everything yeah, so yeah, you, you regret. Have, yeah. oh, oh,
2: favorite, I then. cannot wait for next week's discussion. It's like, like a baby face. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of smooth skin type comments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that what the quiz is going to be based on? It's going to be
2: sponsored by... uh...
0: (laughs) Talcum powder.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can you name every step of Zac Efron's
1: skincare routine? (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say, uh, in the UK, you can watch 17 again on Amazon Prime for free. If you really, really want to watch it. So make sure you hit that before next Tuesday. Yeah, free, like dirt. Free, no money. So you can't feel shortchanged, even if you don't like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so join us next week for 17 again and have a nice week in the meantime. Bye! 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 Bye.